and welcome to The Booby Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? And I'm Hannah. And if you want to hear more from the Booby Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Booby Girls to get access to all of our bonus content. And this week on the podcast, we are covering The Fault in Our Stars. And I have titled this one, Okay. 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 (laughs) Uh, So the book was originally published January 10th, 2012, and it's written by John Green. It has a 4.2 out of 5 on Goodreads, and it's 313 pages. And the movie came out in 2014. It's a PG-13 drama romance. (laughs) But it is like teen romance. Yeah, for sure. Uh, It's two hours and six minutes long. And it's directed by Josh Boone, who did um, The Stand, which... The Stephen King book? I couldn't really tell. It almost looked like it. I almost think it was a series, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he did that. And he did um, New Mutants, which is... um, What's it's uh X Men? It was like the oh, newest X Men okay. that came out with uh what's her name from Game of Thrones? Arya. Aria. Oh, I don't think I saw that. It was pretty good. I like it. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so the IMDb synopsis reads: Two teenage cancer patients begin a life-affirming journey to visit a reclusive author in Amsterdam. I guess that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like that whole like the whole author part. Yeah. It was just kind of like, it wasn't like the whole movie. Right. Well, I mean, it was a kind of a catalyst for, ah, yeah. It was like a B plot, but more important than most B plots, if you will. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so some interesting facts. Uh, the title of the book, The Fault in Our Stars, is inspired by Act 1, Scene 2 of Shakespeare's play, Julius Caesar. Uh, and oh. it's actually mentioned in the book, uh, in which the nobleman Cass- Cassius, I think is how you say it, uh-huh. says to Brutus, the fault, dear Brutus, is not in our stars, but in ourselves, that we are under underlings. Um, so, and I, like I said, I think they mention it like briefly in yeah. the book. Um, John Green, the author, spent five months working as a student chaplain at Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio, which kind of sprouted mm-hmm. the idea for this story. Um, he says in an interview that like he kept going back to the story because every time he wrote it, he wrote it more of like an adult book and he just yeah. wasn't like really enjoying kind of the concept. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in 2010, he lost a good friend um, to cancer, and she was very young. Um, Her name was Esther Earle. She was an author and vlogger, um, and he actually dedicated uh, the book to her. Mm. Uh, But basically, when she passed away, he realized, like, he he got so angry about that that, Mm -hmm. like, that pushed him to then, like, continue this work and really shift the narrative and, like, the idea of the book. Um, On December 21st, 2011, so just what? A month before the book was supposed to go out mm-hmm. or be published, um, <laughs> Barnes and Noble accidentally shipped 1,500 of copies of the book uh, before the release date. Oh, uh, so to people who had pre-ordered the book, CNN, what the yeah. heck? Man? <laughs> um, he says, you know, it's no fault of Barnes and Noble. No like, fault in his stars. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. It happens. Like I don't want anyone to like lose their job over yeah. this. Um, but he did, or a lot of people that um, got that, you know. Mm-hmm. pre-released version basically pledged that they wouldn't give anything away or reveal any spoilers yeah. before the official launch um most people stuck to that yeah uh, there were a few that didn't but for the most part everyone agreed to not spoil it for everybody else have you ever pre-ordered a book it's funny you should ask um i actually just posted on my bookstagram not too long ago uh-huh. that that is one like 
bookish bookish thing that I have never done. Yeah. Um, I've wanted to, and I actually I purchased a pre-order kind of. It was like a couple weeks before it came out for someone for a giveaway, uh-huh. but I've never personally yeah. ordered a pre-order. I bet book. now that you're like getting more familiar with authors yeah. and knowing when their yeah. stuff is coming out. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I've wanted to, like I said, there are certain cases where I'll just kind of um, submit for e mm-hmm. galleys, which are basically um, advanced copies of books, yeah. uh, hoping that I'll get it. Uh, and I do sometimes like I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get it, which makes me feel better, but I'm sure there will be a book that comes yeah. along that I'll be like, no, I need this before. <laughs> I need it, I need right, it now. right when it gets out. <laughs> um, speaking of John Green, uh, he actually uh, vowed that every pre-order um, that was purchased would be hand signed by him. Um, he signed uh, basically every single copy dirt, like for his first print of the book. Um, he actually also asked the general public to vote on which color Sharpie he would use to sign Was that. this his first book or something? Uh, like, I no, like I don't think like so. Very, but uh, but yeah, uh, he, he, uh, he signed 150,000 books um, with a variety of Sharpie colors because there were so many votes yeah. for all the different colors, That's which I fun. thought was interesting. Uh, did not receive unsigned or mm-hmm. they received unsigned copies because they didn't equate for how many they would need for him oh, to yeah. sign. So he actually even went so far as to uh, promise book plates to all those people. Oh, that my order too. So like <laughs> probably upwards of 200,000 plus that he Jeez. signed himself a lot. A couple other facts. Uh, the book debuted at number one on the New York Times bestseller list for children's chapter books, and it remained in that spot for seven weeks. Um, the book has been translated into many languages including persian wow i even went even further um the persian title is called kitab bakht parishan that's what i thought which translates to the unfortunate book which i thought oh. was interesting huh. yeah um and i don't know if you're going to talk about this in your fun facts but um in addition to this adaptation that we're covering a hindi uh version of or hindi film based off of this book was released in 2020. Oh, I yeah. did not. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, it was on their Disney Plus version, I oh, guess. Oh, okay. I don't know. thought that was interesting. Something <laughs> to add about the author. He does make a cameo in this movie. Oh, he does? Yeah, in the airport scene. It's like ah. him and his daughter in the airport scene. Okay. So I've heard about this movie for like forever. Yeah. And I just have never watched it um, because people really liked it. It has an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty good for a YA book. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, The budget was only $12 million, which... Is like peanuts, basically. Not a lot happens. Like I, I, I yeah. can see why that would be. Yeah, that it little. grossed over three hundred and seven million dollars. Wow! Worldwide. So it was a smash. I mean, how much is that really attributed to the fact that people love the book and then they went and saw the movie? I would say probably a lot. A lot, especially I'm noticing the closer the movie comes out to when the book was released, the more hype there still sure. is, and then like you know, the more money they make. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so just a couple fun facts. Uh, one of my favorite parts about the movie is their trip to Amsterdam because mm-hmm. we my boyfriend and I were there gosh 2019 now so wow. almost three years ago now uh and it was so fun to like watch everything that go by but one thing that we didn't go to was the Anne Frank house mm-hmm. um we went by it when we did the canal tour yeah um but the interior of the Anne Frank house that we see in the movie is actually a replica because they were actually denied permission to use the actual house during the filming. That does not surprise me at all. No. What <laughs> I was like, kind of hoping. I was like, Ooh. 
plus probably easier to film too because think about like they probably mm-hmm. would have to have shut it down right. if they um actually got permission mm-hmm. to use yeah, it for sure also the um the restaurant that's in amsterdam mm-hmm. is not a real restaurant oh. which is a little it, oh they, orangey yes, or whatever it's, it's named something else but it's like not a fancy restaurant it's almost like a sandwich shop or something oh i see so, okay but the, <laughs> the outside of it was still like got a it. real a real scene um when uh oh, i guess we'll just keep on the amsterdam theme so after soon after the film's release the bench where gus and hazel have their their mm-hmm. kiss on the bench um was actually stolen someone like the bench itself was yeah someone just stole the bench <laughs> okay. um so but the city of amsterdam actually replaced it and it's there to this day and a lot of people come when they come there they go and reenact the that's adorable the bench, which i didn't know otherwise rain i would have done it Right. Well, you had never seen the movie, I so have. how would you have known? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into the cast. We'll start with Hazel. Hazel is the teenage girl in this film, um, played by my least favorite actress of all time, Shailene Woodley. Uh, she's your favorite. She's not. <laughs> uh, she was in The Secret Life of the American Teenager, where my loathing began. Oh, my God. Everybody's. Everybody's. Uh, she's also in Big Little Lies, Divergent, The Last Letter to Your Lover that we covered mm-hmm. um, not too long ago. I, I'll say it a million times. I just feel like she plays these roles that just don't fit her. Interesting. Okay. Like, I don't know. Like, like Explain. So like, like, how did you feel like this didn't fit her? Because she, I mean, she's, for all intents and purposes, she could definitely. I would actually say this probably one fit her I was gonna m- say- better than any of the other ones because she's just kind of like cynical and like yeah blah kind of in yeah. a way um but like in these like the divergent role like i don't buy it i didn't buy her for a second in big little lies i'm like <laughs> you look like you're five right and you're supposed to be this like single struggling ma it just i never like she and di- yeah I yeah just, i don't i get what you're saying and i didn't love her in the last letter lover letter from your lover that either. one i yeah that one i didn't understand whatsoever that yeah. they picked her i don't know she, she actually wasn't like they, you know, a lot of times we'll see in movies where, like, the director or the writer is like, oh, my, we need this person. Mm-hmm. It was actually opposite. Like, she loved this book so much that she reached out to the director and was like, I really want to do this role mm-hmm. and, like, kept writing them. So they were finally like, all right. Like, we'll just give it to we'll you. We'll just give it to you. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like I could be wrong, but this was probably her first big thing after um, Secret Life of the whatever teenager this actually came out the same year as diversion so her hair was already cut okay um, from what it was and she actually had cut her hair and donated it to locks of love oh <laughs> which kind of tied in yeah to the, whole thing. the reason i ask is because i think it came like right after mm-hmm. secret life ended you can tell i've seen i personally have mm-hmm. seen growth in her acting abilities this one it was like i was watching her character in secret yeah. life and i was like oh my god please get stuck yeah Stop. Stop. So, so I get it. I, I will agree with you to a certain extent on this one. I don't yeah. completely hate her like you do. Yeah, but. I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess we have to like look at these other YAs that we've done, like Chloe Grace um, Moretz. Moretz. Mm-hmm. She's fabulous. Um, The girl in Everything, Everything. Yeah. Great. And it's just like, I don't yeah. buy it. Like, I feel like your dad was <laughs> getting a chill. Like, I feel like she's like a rich dad who like got her a job in acting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like something like that, which she's may, actually it might nomi- not she's been nominated. Uh, did she win or was she nominated for an Oscar for something? She definitely did not win. I think she was nominated. I would though. have thrown a table. In, this, in the movie that she was with, um, that she played in with uh, George Clooney. Now it's like escaping me. What, would it, what was it called? I would have thrown a table. <laughs> 
What was it called? Oh, see, now that's going to bug me. The Spectacular Now? No, that's not right. Whatever. <laughs> oh, The Descendants. That's what uh, it was. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah we know you don't like her. It's, I know. it's fine. All right, let's move on to someone that I do like. Um, Augustus, or <laughs> Gus, um, in the film is her love interest, who is also um, a cancer patient as well, played by Ansel uh, Elgort. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, was actually only his second movie, I believe. He played in the new rendition of Carrie um, oh. with, Chloe, <laughs> with Chloe Grace Moretz. That's hilarious. Um, he played, uh, what's his name? Like the popular boy in, the, in that oh, okay. one um but he was also in the divergent series um he was in the movie baby driver which is such a great movie and uh west side story that just came out oh recently. really and he's going to be in a new hbo max series that comes out in april 7th called tokyo vice which looks really good interesting um there were so many times watching this movie where i was just he just made me smile yeah like, he's, so, he's cute. so sweet he's so sweet and he's so cute um so he stole the show for me and i was like you would never go for her. <laughs> Ouch. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what it is about. Like, I don't think that he's like necessarily the most attractive guy in the world, no. but I think there's just something endearing about him yeah. that like, you just want to like, you just want to hug him. Like he, li- I was just, I was watching him back and I just started smiling. Yeah. I'm like, you're just so cute. Well, good. I'm glad he was there to kind of offset the <sighs> hatred of Shailene. <laughs> I know. Ugh. So anyways, he knocked it out of the park for me. Yeah, I loved him. I, I thought him he, too. I thought he played it perfectly. Uh, Franny, who is Hazel's mom is played by Laura Dern. Uh, she is the OG in Jurassic Park. <laughs> she's in the Jurassic Park movies. I haven't seen those. Um, <laughs> she's also in the movie Little Woman, Little Women, the most recent version. Um, she's also in Big Little Lies. Mm-hmm. And she was in Twin Peaks, which I tried. To, it was a huge hit mm-hmm. series. I tried to watch it and couldn't get into it. And I feel like I need to give it another chance. Is it like scary? What's it's the not. It's like a um, murder mystery type oh, thing. Okay. But it. If you watch it, you look like you're watching a, like a movie from like the 70s, just oh. the way it's filmed. Right. Like it, even like the quality of it mm-hmm. is down. And I just feel like I need to. And I feel like I didn't understand that when I first watched it. OK, that's so, fair. I don't know. Yeah. I, th- I loved her mom in this movie. There are so many times in this movie, though, where I was like, poor mom. I know. You know, not even the sense of like poor mom, like her kid is dying. It's like poor mom. She's not being invited. places. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm not a mother, obviously, myself, but I do feel like that is the job of a mother, right? Just to be there when needed. I mean, they take her to Amsterdam. They don't even invite her. They ask her to stay in the hotel. The only reason she's going to Amsterdam is because she has to. I know. You know what I mean, though? I don't yeah, know. No, but I, I really it. liked her. I, I like her, too. I really like her character in Big Little Lies, mm-hmm. too. Which also, like, is that coming back? Because I, I need so. another season. I really hope so. Yeah. Uh, next, Michael is Hazel's dad, um, played by Sam Trammell. Uh, I knew him from True Blood on HBO, the OG uh, HBO that you had to pay like a boatload of money for. So like I didn't have it like my friend had it. So right. we would go over and watch it at her house. He was a werewolf in in that ah, one. Okay. But it's so funny because, you know, HBO of the I mean, HBO is still pretty racy in terms mm-hmm. of like what they'll show. Yeah. Euphoria mm-hmm. being the example. But like. True Blood was like, you know, I mean, they're having sex. Yeah. There's naked people. So, like, all I see is, like, his naked butt whenever I see oh. him anywhere. That's Does he have I a nice see. butt? I mean, sure. He's a little scrawny. But he was a werewolf. So, like, he would, like, transform. Right. And then. But it was. it was <laughs> We're going off on a tangent. So, he was, like, a werewolf. Right. And then, like, this other werewolf pack came in. 
and it ended up being like these big beefy guys. The guy who's married to Sofia Vergara. Oh yeah, that big guy. Like he mm-hmm. was like the Joe alpha. Mang- Mangliano. Yeah, yeah. So then it made the, made poor Sam look like a little yeah. twerp. You know, so. I, I, I could see that. You you're like the what whatever you're describing just makes me think of Twilight, and then I'm like, then I think it was. Of, like, I mean, Jacob. it was like it was like the <laughs> X rated version of Twilight or the rated R version yeah. of Twilight. <laughs> That what's his name? Us uh, Alexander Skarsgård is in it. He's a vampire oh, yeah. in it. That's yeah, that's true. That's true. So, anyways, and then lastly, uh, Peter Van Houten, who <laughs> is the author that they go see in Amsterdam, is played by William Defoe, who is just a genius. Genius. Uh, he was in you know a bunch of the Spider-Man movies, including the most recent one. He was in Nightmare. Spoiler alert! Know. <laughs> Everyone knows that he's in it. Uh, he's in Nightmare Alley, which is nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars this year. Oh, nice. um, that's the one with Bradley Cooper that um, Ray and I just watched a couple weeks ago. It's pretty good. And then um, he was also in Murder on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's great. I hated his character. His character sucked here, but well, that I mean, nothing will compare to his character in Spider Man. That to this day is one of my least favorite characters in cinema. Yes. Because he's just so awful. Like he's awful as a parent. Mm -hmm. He's awful as a villain. He's just terrible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But in the best way possible. You need to see the new Spider-Man because you're going to have a whole lot of feelings. Did he have a complete character arc or something? (laughs) Did he redeem himself somehow? Well, you know how like in the Green Goblin, like at the beginning, like the Green Goblin like takes over him. Yeah. Or whatever. Like at this point in this movie, he kind of has a struggle, like an internal struggle between the two of them. Uh, I mean, at the end, it, I'm not going to spoil it for you, yeah. but you have a little like you don't know if you should love him or not. You know, OK, a I times. might give it a try. But yeah, no, his his character in, in Spider-Man will forever be yeah. like just. But I mean, whatever this character, it did, did nothing for me. So I, I think it. if you had put anyone in this position, I would have been like, whatever. He's still a jerk. No yeah. Matter what. <laughs> yeah. He plays the jerk well. So right. I guess it worked. <laughs> um, one character we don't get is Hazel's friend, Caitlin, in the film. Oh, yeah. She's not in the film at all. Well, we get Isaac, but. I don't know that we needed Caitlin. No. But. <laughs> it would have been nice to show her that, like, she actually has, you know, other friends. Other friends. Yeah. Yeah. Even though so. she, like, barely saw that other friend. No. So, anyway. Oh, well. All right. Time for who said it. Your first quote is, sometimes people don't understand the promises they're making when they make them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next one. That's the thing about pain. It demands to be felt. Augustus. Augustus, yes. Augustus Clute. <laughs> Next one. Grief does not change you. It reveals you. Is that mom? Mm-mm. Van Houten. Mm. <laughs> Last but not least, I fell in love the way you fall asleep slowly and then uh, all at once. <laughs> that was Hazel. Yes. I do love that line. That's probably my favorite quote from the from the book and the movie. It's not how I fall in love. <laughs> fall in love like insomnia. What does that even mean? <laughs> or na- what, narcolepsy. <laughs> what is falling in love? Do oh, tell. Please. Oh, please. Do tell. Uh, we are not doing F. Mary Kill because technically these characters are underage. So, um, Well, just for the record, Augustus in the movie is 18. Not yet. In the movie when he dies, he's 18. Is he? Oh, because he says 19 during the eulogy scene. He's like, I'm not there yet. But in the book, he's only 17. Yeah, and so. she's like 16, so we're not doing that. <laughs> All right, so the movie opens up um, with Hazel at the doctor with her mom. And they they start talking. 
you know, like when you're in a co- you're in a conversation, especially when you're younger, it's like everyone's talking about you, but not to you. Mm-hmm. That's like, like you're this, not even there. Yeah, that's like this perfect. They're like, she's yeah. depressed. And she's like, I'm not depressed. They're like, she's depressed. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we right off the back, we get we get cynical Hazel, you know, and this is how the book opens up for the most part. Um, but, you know, we find out that she does have cancer and that she has to wear um, an oxygen tank, um, which is like. She gets it a little bit more fashionable. She has, it's almost like a, you know, rolling backpack. It looks like a camel back in the movie. It does. You know, like it looks like it that. Does. Not like a big, it's not like a oxygen tank. Like you think like a big. Right. But also like, don't, don't compare it to a rolling backpack because I don't know what school you went to, but like, those were not cool. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, it look, it didn't look like when you think about it, you think of oxygen tank, you're thinking of this big tank thing. Yeah. And it looks like a backpack. This almost. is a total tangent, but at my high school. There was this one kid and he was a sweetheart, mm-hmm. but he would, so he had a rolly backpack yeah. and he would run to every class. So like oh, you no. would be like standing in the hallway and you'd see him like whiz by. <laughs> he's probably like, it was just, running a company right now. Probably. He's probably a <laughs> genius making millions of dollars, but it was just so funny. Cause like you would like, he'd be there one second and then completely gone the next. Yeah. Cause he was just so speedy. <laughs> Maybe he's a track star now. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but we find out that she had thyroid, ca- thyroid cancer. Um, that has moved to her lungs. So her lungs are really, really bad. And so mm-hmm. she has to have this oxygen tank all the time. She basically can't breathe for herself. So her mom ends up making her go to um, this support group, which is basically a bunch of kids who have cancer, who are on the quote unquote same journey. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, you know, you always think about it like, um, you know, these kids, like, especially ones that have had cancer for so long and have been in the, these hospitals for so long, and now they're 18, and it's like, they're not little kids anymore. They yeah. understand what's going on. And this is, like, her, where she is in her life, where she's like, all right, I'm, I understand what this is. Yeah, she's and, come to terms with it. Right. She knows that she will eventually die one day. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're a kid that age, that's not at all, like, something that you think right. about, but being in that world and having like that experience it's like okay it's inevitable at this point i'm just trying to live my right. life the best i can exactly so she's at support group and we meet patrick the leader of the support group who had ball cancer <laughs> ball cancer. That's, what calls, cancer that's what she calls it though, i in the know, movie, I so know. It's, it's funny um you know and it's one of those movies where it's like you laugh at some points and you're yeah. like should i be laughing right but it's like yeah yeah you know well, like you kind of feel bad but the, it's written that way I yeah think, and know? there's a lot of people who didn't appreciate the way that he right. kind of just made everything seem so like la-di-da yeah. with his writing in the yeah, book so exactly so um but anyways we find out that so here's the thing in the book we get introduced we get introduced to isaac as one of like her first friends and friends. i get i got yeah. more of the sense in the book that she'd been going to support group for a little bit yeah. for a while in the book, it seems like this is her very first time at support mm-hmm. group or whatever, because she talks about how her and Isaac never talked, but they would look at each other and like roll their eyes right. basically, <laughs> you know, and that was like her quote unquote friend. Right. Um, but anyway, she keeps um, going to support group just to make her mom ha- or her parents happy. And on her way in, she bumps into a very cute boy. Uh <laughs> Um, and during support group, he's just like staring at her. Yeah. And we find out that he's there with Isaac as support for Isaac because Isaac has, um, cancer in his eyes and he's, he's going to have another surgery where he's going to go completely blind. So, um, he wanted to have extra support there, but we also find out, um, that his name is Augustus waters and he also 
you know, had cancer. I believe it's some sort of bone cancer. Yeah, because they had to amputate his leg to mm-hmm. stop the cancer from spreading. Yeah, so he he lost his leg. Um, in the in the book, he doesn't like just reveal his leg. No, it, it, she actually notices. She's like, oh, I noticed a limp. And that's how she figured out right. that he was missing a leg. It wasn't. I don't know if they just felt like it needed to be like belabored that I he guess. doesn't have a leg. Uh, so and then, you know, they ask him like what his biggest fear is. And his fear is, you know, about oblivion. And then, you know, Hazel, who never talks in sport groups, like, well, let me talk now. So then she's she, like, I want this guy to notice me. Yeah. So she like comments about his fear of oblivion in a very um, dark way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love it. Patrick's like. Well, that was interesting advice. Yes. Um, thank you for your thoughts. Uh, so, but anyways, after group, her and Gus end up talking um, after, and he says that she's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Gus? Mm, <laughs> I mean, she's not ugly. No, I mean. I don't love that haircut on her. But not the best. No. But, um, but anyways, they're standing out there, they're talking, and they're watching Isaac and his girlfriend, like, make out a bunch, mm-hmm. and... They keep saying the word always to each other. And we find out that that was like their thing, um, you know, that they always say always to like, you yeah, know, to say always that, love right. each other yeah. and whatnot. That he, just made me think of Professor Snape when always. when he says that he's always loved Lily. Mm, Sad. That's so cute. <laughs> I don't think boyfriend Ray and I have anything like that. I, I hope not. It's a little no. cheesy. No, it's probably something like snarky to each other, if anything. <laughs> But anyways, um, you do call each other by your last names though. We do. Yeah. That's your thing. Or I call, no, he calls me by my last name and then I call him by his legal name. Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, while they're standing there, he asked her, you know, do you want to come watch a movie? I'm like, heck yeah. Yeah, I do. Right to the point. Let's do it. Um, uh, but then he also pulls out a cigarette and at first she's like just appalled by it. Ends up being this like metaphor for, holding death between your lips and not giving it power to to kill you to kill you or whatever i thought that was kind of clever you know (laughs) but then also like it's kind of clever but then like towards the end of the movie i was like these other people are probably thinking he is nuts oh i'm sure especially like on the we'll get to the part where he's on the plane well and i also want to know like does he keep the same pack of cigarettes because eventually by the time like however many Mm -hmm. times you put the cigarette into your mouth it starts to get soggy not that i would know because i I don't smoke but i don't know does he like Maybe. replenish? Because then those are not cheap. Yeah, I don't know. Cigarette packs are not cheap. Yes. Anyway. Uh, so she ends up going with him. Her mom comes to pick her up and she's like, so I'm going to go. Apparently his comment or his metaphor really yes. did it for her. Um, and this is where she kind of shares her her cancer story with him about how she uh, was diagnosed with cancer when she was 13. Um, she But she got into some trial um, that you know, supposedly is working on her mm-hmm. to some extent. Yeah. Like so. her lungs are still not great, but it's not getting worse. Yeah. They put her on some medication, which I can't remember because it's like no. really hard to say, right. but basically they realize that the medication helps drain the fluid in her mm-hmm. lungs, which allows her to breathe better. Um, and it's been consistently working. So she's yeah. been able to kind of manage her situation. Yeah. So they're at Augustus's house. 
Gus's house, I should say. Augustus, Augustus. is what I'm gonna call it. Um, in the movie, they go straight down to his like really cool like little bachelor, yeah. you know, basement or whatever. Um, in the book, they don't. No, his dad's like, oh, that's cute. You think you're gonna take yeah. this girl downstairs? Absolutely not. <laughs> I thought that I did. I did think in the movie the parents were just like, whatever. That's. I feel like that's the case with a lot of like these younger movies or like mm-hmm. teen movies. It's like their their parents are cooler somehow in the movies because they're just like they get away with more. I guess we don't even let Aaliyah. <laughs> lock her door when she's by herself oh my god i wasn't allowed to like leave the house after like 6 p.m when i was (laughs) in school um but yeah no he was like yeah you can go show her downstairs but you come back up and watch right up here and i think they watch what v for vendetta or something because he says that she looks like her and i'm like oh that's interesting because shailene woodley definitely does not look like natalie portman absolutely not (laughs) not at all well in the book maybe she she did true um, maybe that's why they didn't really put that part in the movie. Yeah, they don't maybe. watch V for Vendetta in the yeah. movie. Um, they end up really just talking kind of about books, which is like, you know, your dream come true. Basically. Um, I thought this whole time I was like, Roche needs to find a guy that likes books like Augustus likes books. Facts. Well, not the types of books. No, that but, you know, likes. but he's open to recommendations. <laughs> sure. Sure. So she has him. She suggests this book called the Imperial Affliction um, to him. And it's, Seems like it'd be something way over my head, but it's written by this guy named um, Van Houten. Yeah. So anyway, so she's she recommends that he recommends some other book to her. I can't remember. What <laughs> it's it was. a book based off of his favorite game sh- or video oh, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I bet he would love Ready Player One. Oh, I'm sure he you know would. What I mean? Yeah. Actually, speaking of my little cousin, I bought him Ready Player One for her for Christmas, yeah. and he just told me that he read it and that he loved it. Ooh. Because he knows that we covered it on the The, podcast. The second book or his second movie is. It's happening. It's happening. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Now that's more reason to read the first or second book. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, So anyway, so after they hang out, you know, we see like a montage of her reading this book that Mm -hmm. he that he um, recommended, which is so funny because that's kind of like how Ray and I started to where he was like, have you watched Star Wars? And I was like, no. And then like the whole like next week, that's all I watch is yeah. Star Wars. How cute. I know. <laughs> so, so anyways, but we see her like stressing because he hasn't called her back. Like he hasn't texted her, nothing. Um, but she's at dinner one night with her parents and he finally texts her back mm-hmm. about the book. We get a little bit more of like why he hasn't texted back in the book because he told her as soon as I finish, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. So she forgot conveniently that he like yeah. needs to finish the book first before yeah. he reaches out. I mean, which, they, is, which is what he does. Yeah. They mention it at like the, like in the text messages. He's like, I didn't text you because I needed to like put my thoughts together yeah. first of this. So. <laughs> which I understand as a book reader, you really have to like, you know, sit with your thoughts I mean, first. Yeah, and then. of course. <laughs> um, so, but then later he ends up calling her um, because Isaac, uh, the friend from support group is having this like total like mental breakdown. He's like, how fast can you get here? Yeah. Uh, so she goes over and we find out that Isaac and his girlfriend have done, done, done broken up. Sad. But I love this part. Gus ends up giving him his ba- old basketball trophies to let him smash. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I don't need these anymore. Go ahead. Yeah. We do get a little bit more context in the book that the girlfriend basically broke up with him because she wouldn't be able to handle breaking up with him after he went completely blind. Yeah. And I'm like, that's terrible it's all any way you slice it like i get it it's a bad situation to be in but like to preemptively break up with your boyfriend because you won't be able to do it once he goes blind yeah it's it's wild awful but i love this scene though because the two like 
Gus and Hazel are trying to have like a conversation about the book and he's having like the mental breakdown in the back. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, Gus, can I break this big trophy? He's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's fine. Just <laughs> smash it. Go I'm, at it. I'm trying to hit on this girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, they end up talking about the books that they borrowed. Um, but they talk about how in the Imperial, um, affliction, affliction, affliction. Yep. Uh, that they hated the ending. That it just kind of like ends mid-sentence. Literally mid-sentence, which would drive me nuts. nuts right? So Hazel mentions at this point, she's like, it's dri- it's driven me nuts for years. Like I've been writing, you know, the author to try to find out like what happens afterwards. Like I just need to know. Mm-hmm. And he's never, he's never written her back. Yeah. I will say, I mean, as a reader, it would drive me nuts, but as an author, that's actually genius to think because the whole premise of the book is also another girl who Mm -hmm. has cancer. And the idea is like time is, you never know when time, you Mm -hmm. know, your life will end. So you could die mid sentence, you know? So I thought that was interesting. Uh, So, but lo and behold, Gus ends up getting a hold of his assistant and she, he gets her to respond and really him to respond, Mm -hmm. I guess, but. By association, more, by association of her and like hazel just like freaks out and she thinks it's like the coolest thing ever <laughs> i think it'd be cool if i got a really response cool. from an author but i'm like why is he exp- like why you and not me like i've been writing right. this dude for years yeah but anyways um we get this like montage of you know hazel and gus hanging out more and they end up kind of making their own little always phrase mm-hmm. and theirs is okay so they just say okay back and forth and it's supposed to <laughs> mean their affections for each other i guess so when van houten ended up writing uh gus back she was like okay cool like can i have his email like thanks <laughs> so she ends up writing him and he you know writes her back and he's like you know i can't give you answers via email but if you ever find yourself in amsterdam like always come to visit and it was just so funny she's like oh my gosh we're going <laughs> Like, duh, we're uh, going. Obviously. <laughs> and it's so funny because it's just like, how many times, like, you know, have you been like, hey, if you're ever in Arizona, like, look me up. And yeah. then you're like, oh, my God, I hope they never, like, come. Um, oh, 1,000%. If you come, don't look me up. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, been given a, uh like, invitation to go visit someone. Correct. It's like, oh, that's funny. I won't ever no, I actually won't ever do that. that. Thank you. I remember it was when we were in nashville do you remember mm-hmm. that guy that i like met <laughs> yes. or whatever and then he like texted me like for weeks after being mm-hmm. like you should come you know down you can stay he was with trying to me. come here to arizona oh yeah that's true and i was yeah. like yeah that's not you're happening. like yeah but you're because remember he was like so like who would i stay with you're like not me <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a right. hotel i don't Listen, know I, I got i got morals the marriott <laughs> <laughs> so anyways um you know obviously we're all familiar with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. They don't say it by name um, in here, but... They call them the genies. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they they ended up... You know, Hazel talks about how she has already made her wish because she, uh, you know, she was 13, and so she went to Disney World. Obviously. Obviously. Like, every 13-year-old is going to want to go right. to Disney World. Um, but I like that little, like, interaction. He's like, are you kidding? <laughs> like, that's what you used it on? Like, I don't know what I would use it on. Depends on how old I was. Probably, yeah. If I was 13, I'd be like, yeah. yeah. I'd probably have been, like, Disneyland, you know? <laughs> Not even, like, like the next Berry level. Farm. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. No. Like, 20 or 32-year-old Rosha probably would want to go to the Maldives. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, I actually want to go to the Maldives. I would like Maldives. to go on a trip just around the world to every country. Thank you. That would be great. Yeah. Not every country. No, not every country. <laughs> but most. <laughs> um, so, anyway, so she's trying to figure out how she can get to Amsterdam, but it's not going to be from the genies. (laughs) 
<laughs> so Hazel ends up having an MRI. Um, and when she gets home, Gus is there with flowers and he's so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, at this point her dad kind of warns him like, Hey, like we like you, but like, she's going to try to keep up with you. Yeah. So like, be aware of that. You know, she's, her lungs are worse than you probably think they are. I just thought that was interesting that like they mentioned that like, he also has a disability. Like right. he's not a hundred percent either. Right. Like I get it, but like also you got like he's he's also dealing with something. So I feel like right. they kind of brushed his thing aside because right. hers was the focus. Right. Well, and hers is more like. I mean, you can see it because he he has like a limp or whatever, but like hers is so like even more outwardly Obvious, that they. Yeah. I don't know. So anyways, he ends up taking her on a picnic adorable and he at this point he tells her you know that he's a virgin and that like you know a lot of like 17 year olds with missing legs like you know yeah not a lot of girls are flocking i love that he like drew her a diagram in the ground like here's the circle of virgins right right in the middle of it (laughs) yeah here's my thing that i thought was funny because she was like oh my gosh i'm shocked blah 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 like that question was never asked in reverse. Like, mm. I think he just probably assumed, assumed yeah. as much. But I just thought it was funny how. Yeah, who knows? Maybe she was a floozy. You never know. Not a floozy. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you had sex young, that's your prerogative. That's fine. It's fine. So anyways, he tells her while they're on this picnic that, you know, he has not made his wish yet. Um, but he has now. And that he is taking her to Amsterdam with his one wish. Could you imagine? Ugh. So a guy sweet. that you barely know decides to basically use his wish for nice. you. Like, nice. I get it. Like, it's still a cool experience for him. Yeah. But just adorable. I know. So anyways, they have this, like, and they're leaving in, like, a month. Well, the next scene we get is that she wakes up in the middle of the night. She can't breathe. There's fluid in her lungs. Um, they tell her, you know, that there's no, like, growth in, like, any tumors or anything. It just it happened again where, you know, the fluid built up in her lungs. Uh, Gus comes to the hospital, but they won't let him go see her, which is very sad. Or so we think <sighs> he hasn't seen her. Uh, and well, the next thing we see is her talking with the doctors about the trial and the medications or whatnot. And they actually tell her at this point that she cannot go on this trip to Amsterdam. They're like, absolutely not. Yeah. No way. So she feels really bad. She won't answer Gus's phone calls because she doesn't want to like tell him. Rightfully so. I mean, right. he, he used the wish on her. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, finally though, you know, she's sitting outside and we see her little pitiful swing set outside. <laughs> um, speaking of the swing set, she actually sells the swing set or yeah. she puts it up for sale in the in, book, in the, book. Yeah. In, in the movie. She doesn't it just stays there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she does finally end up talking, you know, to Gus and she tells him at this point while they're on this little swing set, that, you know, it's probably best that they just stay friends because she doesn't want to hurt him because she thinks that she's probably going to die and doesn't want to hurt him. Yeah. She calls herself a grenade. Yeah. Which I was like, yikes. Yikes. <laughs> um, and it rushed about, you know, that he's like, okay, cool. But like, I still love you. Right. Like, I won't <laughs> stop loving you. Yeah. So anyways, Hazel gets another email from the assistant from this author and it very much seems like she like thinks that they're coming. Mm-hmm. And so we come to find out that mom behind the scenes has figured out how they can go on the trip. Um, you know, it's a shorter trip, but they'll still be able to go, which is a really like sweet moment. Super mom, super mom. Um, and I like this point when she like tells her lungs, she's like, you got to keep your shit together <laughs> just for like, just this trip, you know? 
So anyway, she texts she texts Gus and is like, you know, I hope you have your passport ready. Like, let's go. And he like shows up in a limo. Um, something that we don't get in in the movie is kind of a almost a hint of what happens to Gus. Yeah. So when so this limo situation doesn't actually happen in the book. Uh, Hazel and her mom go to Gus's house to pick him up. And when they get there, they hear him having like an argument with his parents mm-hmm. and they don't really hear like what the argument's about, but he's basically like, it's my life. It's my own decisions, mm-hmm. things like that. And then he comes out and like pretends like nothing happened, but clearly yeah. both of them heard him having this fight. So they're like, what's the situation? Yeah. That's all we get at this point. Right. So the next thing we get though, is that they're on a plane and Gus has never been on a plane before. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine being my, my first plane ride being overseas. Well, not only that, but like the older you get, the more aware you are oh, that gosh. you're on a plane. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I feel like I was lucky. Cause I think the first plane ride I took, I was like two or three. I don't even remember. Like, you just become more accustomed mm-hmm. to it. Right. I know. So anyways, I think in the book, doesn't he tells her that he loves her while they're on the plane. I think. Does he? I'm Maybe. pretty sure. Maybe he does. So, I can't remember. Um, anyways, they land in Amsterdam and they check into the hotel and they find out that Van Houten has set up like a dinner for her and Gus. I'm like, what about mom? <laughs> mom needs to eat too. Listen, mom's <laughs> doing her own thing, okay? She's yeah. reading books. <laughs> I mean, and mom even bought her a dress. That was it was sweet. very sweet. Um, and Gus comes to like pick her up and they go on a little, you know, canal boat tour. And I was like, Right, get in here. I was like, look, look, we were there. I was like, we were literally right there. We did a, a booze cruise canal uh. In, uh, in Amsterdam. It was really fun. Um, but they go to this restaurant, this fake restaurant, and um, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's like very fancy. Like five-course meal. Yeah. Um, in the book, it's not like an inside restaurant. Don't they eat like outside or something? I think so. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. Well, so. also, she's a vegetarian in the book. Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't even mention that in the yeah. movie. Um, but at dinner, they, you know, they talk about the afterlife and, you know, what they kind of believe in. And at this point in the movie, he tells her that he's in love with her. Yeah. Um, I did love... What, I don't know if it was this point in the... In the well, it was when they are on the plane. Mm. And... The mom, they're like holding hands because Gus is kind of scared. Yeah. And her mom's like, oh, you're so cute. And and she's like, mom, we're just friends. And he's like, well, she is. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the the uh, plane scene in the book, they ma- that part where they like grab each other's hands and like hold it. Her mom says something like, oh, you're so grown up. Like you don't even hold my hand anymore. Aww. And I thought I, I almost cried because I've always held my mom's hand yeah. when flying. Like that's just always been our thing. Aww. But like, I'm just like, oh, my God. You've so never held my hand while we've been on a plane. Are you my mother? No, but we have to tell them about the story. There was one time Roche and I were on a plane together, and I had the window seat, and she had the aisle seat, and some rando was in the middle, and us jerks. Roche starts unwrapping a Reese's peanut butter cup, and she's like, hey, you want one? And we literally pass a Reese's over this poor girl's face. That is not the story I thought you were going to tell. Oh. I thought you were going to tell about the story where we were one of like 10 people on oh, a yeah. flight. Then where there was another flight. Yeah. yeah, that we barely got to go because there wasn't enough weight to carry the plane. Basically. They were like, there's 10 of you on this plane. We have to seat you in a specific row so we can balance out the weight in yeah. this plane. Like you think that th- that sounds ideal because yeah. you're like, great, an entire row to yeah. myself. But no, it's actually scary. That was really scary. I was like, we're just going to like float away. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that's what I thought yeah. you we're gonna no, talk about the story <laughs> that was our karma for the reese's fact <laughs> um so anyways, they, they're walking back from the restaurant and they actually run into all these people playing instruments um 
they actually do that in Amsterdam. Like they have these mm-hmm. big like archways. Oh, cool. Um, that like the acoustics are really good. Yeah. So you always find like people in their plane. Like, oh, and I love li- violinists. I, I can't say the word violinists. Violinists. <laughs> So the day has finally come where they get to meet Van Houten. And the whole reason they want to meet him is because they want to figure out what happens at the end of this book. So we all know, don't meet your heroes. Yep. So they get there. The place is an absolute disaster. There's letters everywhere. And he's just a jerk. He's a jerk. He's a drunk. And it's very much apparent that this poor assistant who's there as well has set this up hoping that he would be nice to them. Right. And he, like, didn't even really know that they were coming. Yeah, he completely backfired. <laughs> yeah, and he even, like, makes, like, some, like, really awful remarks about them being, you know, cancer patients. Mm. And he, like, plays them some weird Swedish hip-hop song. <laughs> yeah, that was strange. Yeah, it was just bad. So, his Gus kind of gets really mad at him. And then, you know, Van Houten snaps back at Gus, and they kind of go at it. And Hazel tries, you know, to talk to him about the book, and... Again, he yells at her. He insults them even more. And then finally she yells at, you know, she really snaps yeah. back at him. And then he kicks them out finally. Yeah. I just felt bad because she's right. Like he was like, it's fiction. There's, you know, it, it ends because there's that it's mm-hmm. a book, whatever. And she's like, I get that. But also like as an author, you had to have thought about like where these people would end up eventually. Right. Like even if you didn't write it, you mm-hmm. had to have thought of it. Yeah. Which I get, but like he was just such a jerk about it. Yeah. So anyways, they left. The assistant ends up coming running running after them. She apologizes for the way he acts and she's like, I'd like to take you to the Anne Frank house. I'm like, because that's not depressing. <laughs> like very nice thought, but like But I mean it's it's aside from you, it's probably a very well attended um tourist attraction or the quote-unquote cafes oh i was like what or the red light district right <laughs> or the heineken brewery you can't take a 16 year old to the red no, light district okay. right. or the Whatever. heineken brewery <laughs> anyways just just to, to clear the air we did not partake in the red light district we just walked by it right. which was very bizarre the most bizarre thing i've ever seen what i know of boyfriend right no, i'm kidding <laughs> Um, so anyway, so they take, she takes him to the Anne Frank house and, you know, it's kind of this awkward interaction cause there's a lot of stairs. There's no elevators. Um, she has to like climb up all of these stairs mm. and then they finally do get, in, they do get into the attic. Um, and it's kind of like awkward because then they have like their first kiss. Mm hmm in the Anne Frank house mm-hmm. and then people like start clapping and it's very awkward. So like, were they clapping cause they were kissing or were they clapping because she, uh, you know, accomplished the feat of climbing all those stairs. I think it's because they were kissing because they didn't start clapping until they were like kissing. That's weird. Why would you clap very for someone weird. to kiss? I don't know. It was just a Unless very it's a weird wedding. scene. <laughs> like all together, it was just yeah. very strange. Yeah. Um, I think their emotions got like the best of them. And then they're like, mm-hmm. well, no time like the present. I guess. And then I'm like, how'd you get down? At, at one point I was like, Gus, just put her on your back. Like piggyback rider. I'm sorry. He also does not have a leg. <laughs> I think he could have done it. He seems strong. Well, maybe it was not strong at that point. But <laughs> anyways, uh, so she actually ends up telling, you know, Gus that she loves him and they go back to his hotel room and then he's no longer a virgin. Neither is she. No, nope, unless she was already. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, the next morning they go to like breakfast with her mom. Oh my God, please wait. You have to tell that she also wrote, drew, drew him a oh, Venn diagram. Oh <laughs> yeah. Then 
then yeah. when she woke up, he woke up the next morning. She's gone, and she had like redrawn the Venn diagram of the virgins, and he is outside of the circle now. Yes, he's officially outside of the like awkward yeah. circle of not virgins. <laughs> um. So, anyways, the next morning they have they have breakfast with her mom, and it's like a little awkward or whatever. But at this point, Gus is like, "Can I have some time alone, please?" I'm like, I mean, you know, knowing what happens, you know why. But it's yeah. like, poor mom again, just. Like she's like let's, defense, she's like let's go to the van gogh museum which we did go do mm-hmm. um but i would like, have i would have been upset if you had not gone to the van gogh museum so um no but in mom's defense in the book she is privy to all and every mom the exception of them having sex privy to any and all situations happening right. here so she yeah. knows why he's asking for time alone yeah <laughs> not just because like you know he feels yeah. like it so anyways they go um they go for a walk on the canal and at this point they sit in that, you know, chair or that bench that I was talking about earlier. And this is where he tells her that his cancer is actually back and it's not just back. Like it's back with a vengeance mm-hmm. and it's pretty much everywhere yeah. and it's really bad. So they end up like kissing on the bench and it's a really sweet moment, but it's like super sad. And uh, they fly back home and Gus starts chemo again um, Isaac is now blind mm-hmm. again. Um, again, <laughs> again, he's full. He is done again. Sorry. He, he's, he had his surgery. So now he is fully blind. Yeah. One thing I forgot to mention earlier, we never get mention of, um, Gus's ex-girlfriend in the movie. Oh yeah. I forgot about it. Cause she's also a girl that, that passed mm-hmm. away from cancer. Yeah. Um, because we get like scenes where, uh, Hazel like goes and like stalks her Facebook mm-hmm. and like sees all these messages about her, sees what she actually looked like mm-hmm. and realizes like, Oh wow. Like this girl, like I'm not, you know, I'm nothing yeah. compared to this girl type thing. You know, the thing that all girls do is right. compare themselves, but just a sad situation because he has already lost somebody mm-hmm. to, to cancer and like, has to go through it himself and now he's right. dating her it's just like yeah. a whole thing. it weighs on her a lot more in the book yeah. which i thought was kind of interesting that they left it out completely yeah. in in the movie um but anyways what once he gets home he asks isaac and hazel to write his eulogies i'm like huh? yeah Ugh. um i think also in the book the whole surgery that isaac has Hazel goes to visit him in the hospital too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, cause he's like, he's like, he thinks it's his, uh, his ex. He's mm-hmm. like, Monica. He's like, she's like, no, it's just support group. Yeah. Hazel. <laughs> support group Hazel. <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, their friendship is a little bit more in the book than it was portrayed in the movie. Uh, but so they decide, um, you know, like any teen- teenagers do, um, let's go egg your ex-girlfriend's house yeah because they ask him they're like so have you heard from monica and he's Mm -hmm. like not a single word and they're like that's awful yeah so let's go egg her house so they go they go and egg her house and mostly her car and her mom comes out and i love it because gus is like um just explains it to her she's like um your daughter basically sucks Mm -hmm. and we might not look like much yeah but like between the two of us we have five working legs It was, it was hilarious. Two and a half pairs of lungs and four eyes that work. So, I mean, the mom's like, um, okay. So she walks in and they keep begging. Just do your thing. Yep. Uh, so later that night though, Gus ends up calling Hazel and he's at the gas station and he like needs help. And we, she goes there, she rushes there and he's like, you know, just folded over. And one of the tubes that's, that is connected to him is infected Mm -hmm. and he's there because he's lost his pack of cigarettes and he just wants, you know, to do something on his own. 
and he does not want her to call 911. He's like, don't do it. Like, don't call them. And she's like, I'm, call- I'm yeah. calling them. Like, I have to call them. So she calls 911 um, and they take him to the hospital and she doesn't get to see him at this point. But his mom comes out and basically says, you know, it's not good. They were, oh. were stopping chemo and this is the beginning of the end, right. basically. So Gus ends up going home from the hospital and he has to be in a wheelchair. Mostly he doesn't have any strength really to walk. Um, and he's lost his sense of humor, which is like so sad. Super sad. You know, she's like, I'd like to say that, you know, he stayed, he had his, you know, same sense of humor and bravery, but he didn't in the, in the end. And she ends up taking him on a picnic to the place where he had taken her on the picnic. And she kind of talks some sense into him, you know, and that like, he wants to be remembered by everybody, but like, isn't it enough to be remembered by, by her, you know? And, he finally comes around a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So the next thing we get, Gus asks Hazel to come see him at the church where they have support group. Also, can we talk about their like funny little joke about support group? So when they, the first day they meet, uh, Patrick, the support group leader calls, they're like, we're literally in the heart of Jesus. And then, so now every time they talk about the building or the support group, they call it the The heart heart of Jesus. Jesus. So he's like, meet me at the heart of Jesus (laughs) and bring your eulogy that, um, that you wrote for me before Hazel leaves. She kind of gets into a fight with her parents because they don't want her to leave And, you know, one of the whole things, you know, kind of throughout the book and the movie is that she's very worried about if she dies that her parents will stop living. Like they won't have a life Mm -hmm. because her mom made a comment when she was little about, you know, she'll stop being a mom. And so that's been one of her biggest fears and almost like resentment with her parents. And at this point, her mom's like, well, we didn't want to tell you, but like I've been taking social work classes and I want to help families of people going through this. And it was like such a relief for Hazel to know that. She's not going to be leaving, yeah. you know, carnage behind. Well, and her dad says, like, we didn't want to tell you because we didn't want you to feel like we were abandoning you. Right. Exactly. So they're at the church um, now, and <laughs> Gus wants to attend his own funeral. Hey, <laughs> so, fair enough. So Isaac reads his eulogy, and it's funny, and it's, you know, it's sweet. And then Hazel, you know, reads her eulogy, and it's all about, you know, their love for each other, and it's just like, wrenching you know i i can i just say that i appreciated book and movie that like these poor kids are going through a lot Mm -hmm. the fact that they could find the humor and things right that they could joke about their you know their illnesses with each Mm -hmm. other and like find that commonality and like that support system was like really nice to see because it's like you're a kid you still want to have those feelings of like living the life of a a kid but you can't so it was nice to see that there was at least some like humor right and And you hope happiness you hope that that's true in some point in real life you know so it's very sweet and then gus ends up dying eight days later which is super sad um one thing they don't mention in the movie is hazel ends up going and like reads a bunch of like facebook comments Mm -hmm. that a bunch of people read and it's like one of those things you see it you see it in real life like somebody dies and someone says well i'm like you haven't seen that person in like 10 years or even thought about yeah it's like the same thing with like birthdays when you get like random happy birthdays from people you haven't talked to in like four years right um but yeah she she goes she goes on his facebook and like starts seeing like his old like basketball teammates saying Mm -hmm. like you know he lived a great life he would have been a star this this and that and she's like that's not who he was like these people really don't know the true gus Mm -hmm. i do which i get it like it's hard to see that because she, he did technically have a life before her, mm-hmm. right? And before his cancer. So, like, it's hard because you can't necessarily negate 
those comments, Mm -hmm. but she thinks that they're, you know, untrue or, you know, inaccurate because she never knew that side of his life. Exactly. So we're at the funeral now and Van Houten shows up. So because that's what we needed. Right. Um, (laughs) So now it's it's time for Hazel to read her eulogy and they they announce her as his special friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love it. She's like, um, just, you know, I was his girlfriend. Not that it matters. Right. (laughs) But um, she ends up doing more of like a generic eulogy, you know, and and there's kind of a voiceover talking about like funeral funerals aren't for the dead. Funerals are for the living. And she wanted to say what she felt his parents and his right. friends needed to hear not about their love. Yeah. Like no one, she, no one would care about it as much as, yeah. you know, and she knew that Gus had already heard it when she's like walking up to the podium, she puts this a pack of cigarettes mm-hmm. on his grave. And I thought that was interesting or on his coffin, excuse me. Um, because in the movie they choose to show it like her doing it in front of everyone. Yeah. Whereas in the book, she actually tries to like sneak it. She sneak sneaks it, it in <laughs> before anyone else notices. Um, but I appreciate that they like kept yeah. that because that was kind of, you know, important to him. So Hazel's leaving the the funeral alone and van houten jumps in her car mm-hmm. and he's like i need to talk to you in the book he was already in the car which <laughs> is like my literal nightmare right. is like getting in a car and someone popping out in the back seat. yeah and basically she's like um you need to leave i need to go home i need to grieve you yeah. need to get out of here but basically he says you know he's been talking to gus and um you know gus wanted him to come that he was very he very much wanted him to be there and he wanted him to give Hazel the answers that, you know, she deserved. Right. And he gives her like a letter and she like kicks him out. She's mm-hmm. like, get out of here. Like, I don't want your letter. And she like crumples it up and just throws it away. Which we don't get the letter in the book. No. Uh, this is also uh, important to note. This we, we learn here that Van Houten had a daughter who died of leukemia, yes. which kind of was the basis of his book, The An Imperial Affliction. Right. So... Hazel's at home now. Her dad comes in and talks to her, you know, about her love for Gus and and whatnot. And it's a sweet little moment. And then Isaac comes over and she's talking to Isaac for a little bit. And he asks, you know, about the letter. And she's like, how did you know about the letter? Because she thought it was from Van Houten. Mm. Well, it comes to find out that it was actually a letter from Gus that he wrote um, and had sent to Van Houten. And he wanted help writing her eulogy. Right. and so she like panics and she like goes to try to find, you know, the letter that she crumpled up right. and she reads it and it's, and it's super sweet. And we find out that he had snuck in to see her when she was in the ICU and, and whatnot. And it, it's, it's like, I, I didn't fully under, I didn't fully understand the, these, this step right here because it was like Van Houten, he had reached out to Van Houten to get her answers and then to have him help write her eulogy. Mm-hmm. But she never got any of that. She didn't get the answers that she wanted from him. No. And then like the eulogy that he was helping, it wasn't, it was just the letter from. Well, from we get a little him. bit more in the book. Well, he, he does try to give her the answers yeah. for the book. And he, she's like, at that point, she's like, yeah, I'm so care. I'm grieving. I don't care yeah. at this point. The book and is a little different. So the he doesn't like give her the letter right then and there mm-hmm. she actually goes you know home and like starts grieving and things like that and then i think similarly she has a conversation with isaac where he she thinks that 
he was writing the sequel that he promised mm -hmm. her for an imperial affliction. So she starts going like she goes to his house to try to check his, uh, you know, his room to see if he left him there. He, she goes to the church to see if he, maybe he left it there. Long story short, she ends up reaching out to Van Houten's assistant and is like, hey, I might like uh, Gus might have sent something to Van Houten. Not sure if you know of anything yeah. she, at this point. She has quit. Right. So she's like, I'll go. I'll like see if I can find out anything. Also, I'm bringing my boyfriend because, you know, in case Van Houten gets crazy, yeah. I'll, I have support. Then she gets another email from um, uh, the assistant like a couple of days later and says, we went we did in fact, you know, find something that he sent. Yeah. Um, basically he had reached out to him and Van Houten's response was just tell her exactly what you just told yeah. me. So like he did try to reach out for yeah. help, but Van Houten's like, your words are better than anything I could write for you. So yeah. just tell her exactly what you just told yeah, me. Yeah. So like in the movie, it's kind of like mushed up together, yeah. but so basically the assistant emails her the, the, the letter. letter. So, and then the letter in the movie, you know, just ends with, okay mm -hmm. you know at the end and then that's the that's yeah. the end of the movie yeah so and the book is basically the same it doesn't end on the same word i think he wrote something i i can't remember it but basically at the end she goes like i i did gus i did yeah. or something like that i just felt i almost felt like at the the end should have been like half of a sentence like this whole book yeah. that they were talking about i thought that that would have been a nice little touch so but i mean technically he wrote the letter Oh, I see. Like you know from I mean? her perspective. Yeah. Or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, I thought it, it kind of gives you like the, you know, the questions I'm like, Kate, hey, like how much longer did Hazel live? Right. Like, did she, you know, recover right. or, or whatnot? So there's still those answers that I think, you know, you don't get right. that kind of tie into that theme. So that's true. And I mean, I think it's always, it's, it, it was intentional in that mm -hmm. way of like, it's open to interpretation. She may have lived mm -hmm. years or she may have, you know, yeah. passed away a few mere weeks after right. that. We don't know. So, yeah. So I would say that the book, uh, the movie stayed true to the book. 1000%. Yeah, like yeah. very, very closely. Yeah. Um, are you on book or movie? So if you're going to give me a movie that's basically carbon copy of the book, mm -hmm. I'm going book. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing changed or was added to where I was like, okay, yeah, like this yeah. movie just like absolutely transformed the story yeah. or like, you know, whatever. So I'm going book. I'm going to go book too, but I, w I was going to go move. If, Sh if anyone but Shailene Woodley would have been in this, <laughs> I just can never choose a movie with her in it because I just can't. But I love Ansel. So it's like, yeah. I love him. So I don't know. Well, just picture Ansel when you're reading the book and it'll be fine. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. That's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Booby Girls. You can also email us at theboobygirls at gmail.com. And like we said earlier, we are on Patreon. If you want to sign up, you all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash thebovygirls. And next week, what are we covering? We are doing What's Eating Gilbert Grape. I, I don't know anything about it. I can't wait. So it's starring Johnny Depp. I've only watched the movie. I've never read the book. Um, but like that's all you need to know. It's starring Great. Johnny Depp. And Great. like young Johnny Depp. Ooh. Also, Leo's in this too. Leonardo DiCaprio. A very, 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 very young Leonardo DiCaprio. That's all you need to know. I'm excited. Yeah. It's and we sad, can't find the book anywhere. I know. So we have one copy of the book that we're sharing. I magically found this copy at Goodwill. And I was like, I didn't even know this was a book. Um, but yeah, it's got an interesting cover. 
you'll understand when you it, it almost reminds me a little bit of little fires everywhere oh, the yeah. cover it's like an older type version of it yeah it's an it's it's a it's an interesting yeah. story i'm excited huh. to read it all right thanks for listening and remember don't judge a book by its movie bye